Hey guys, Marco here, and today we're continuing our series, God's Top 10. And uh, I want to share with you uh, a comparison about how it used to be and how it is regarding this commitment. Honor your father and mother. Let's see what it's all about. Son, I thought you you going to go in and play. Oh, I was, Daddy. But I wanted to finish my homework first. Oh, wow. Good job, son. Keep working, and when you finish, you can go and play. Kill it! Son, Again. son, 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 what are you doing? Ah, oh, uh, history. Man, this is good. This is good stuff. I got it. Oh, history. Okay, can you put your phone down? I'm I've been reading. I've been reading no, this no, book. No, 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 no. You've uh, been reading for two hours? Yeah. This is a homework for 10 minutes. Put your phone down. This is this is the paper here. Yeah. I want you to work there, okay? Okay, okay see? You. It's down. It's good. Keep working, okay? Uh-huh. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Father. Yes, son? I was playing, and I thought maybe you're thirsty. Oh. So I got you a glass of water. Thank you very much, son. Well done. Uh, thank you. May I go play at Tommy's house now? Uh, yes, yes, you can. And But please, first, let your mom know that you're going to your friend's house. Okay. Bye, Daddy. Bye. I love you. Me too. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Hey, hey water. I was thirsty. Had to go ties real quick, but we're gonna take off. Oh man, thanks, Dad. <laughs> Father! Yes, son. I'm sorry. I was playing with Tommy, and I broke my spectacles. <laughs> oh no, son. Can we get a new pair? Hmm. Let me see here. You know how hard it is for me to play cricket. Well, well, you know what? Uh, we're not going to be able to get a new pair right now, but what we can do is uh, we can put some tape on it and, and, and use it until the end of the month. What do you think about that? Well, you're not angry with me? No, son. Okay. I think if the other kids make fun of me, it's okay. As long as... Your budget is fine, Father. Thank you, you know best. Thank you, son. Thank you very much. Okay. I'll run along and play. Okay. Bye, Daddy. Bye. Hey. Yes. Hey, Pops! Uh, Pops! I will be there. Pops, Dad, Dad, Dad. You gotta get up. Oh. Wait, wait a minute. I'm, I'm with my bus. I, okay. But tell him it's your son. This is really important. This is like a matter Sorry, of life and situation. death. Yes, what, 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 what's going on? What happened? Your mom is okay? It's not working. What? My phone. I need I need a new phone. No, 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 need... no, 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 no. We don't have money for a new phone. Uh, and, and plus, you being your grades are very, very bad. Uh, we can't get you a new phone. Dad, I can't look up Cliff Notes to get my grades better if I don't have a new phone. No, I don't. It's a necessity. Care. I used to uh, do things, and we were sending mails and stuff like that. We're not in the 1800s anymore. No. Okay. Look. You got this fancy tie. We could get a phone. It's all good. 
I need a phone. I need a phone. No. Now. Please. No. Phone. No. Dad. Phone. No. Phone. Phone. No. Now. Phone. 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 Please. Phone. Phone. Give me a phone. 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 I need a phone. Okay. Yeah, okay. 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 I can get you the, the cheapest one. The flip type of phone. What? A flip phone? Are you kidding me? Dad. I need an upgrade. Six plus, baby. Okay, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Man, I love you, Pop. You're the best. I knew you had it in your budget. As you can see, the different are humongous. That is why we're doing this series. God's Top 10 Tips for a Great Life. Today, number five. We have uh, been in this uh, series called God's Top 10 Tips for a Great Life. And today, we're going to... Um, look at the fifth commandment that's given in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, which says, Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, in all of these messages, if, you, if you've been a part of this series of messages, I have referred to the, the commandments, to the Ten Commandments, as tips for a great life. But really, they are they are much more than just tips. It's not like, you know, a tip you can kind of take or leave. Uh, it's kind of, well, it's a good idea. Do it if you want, you know. But these commandments are much more than just, here's a good idea. They really are guidelines to help us to live a life where the blessings of God and the favor of God can rest upon us. According to the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, the Old Testament law, which the Ten Commandments summarized, was given as, as a covenant between God and his people Israel. That's why the law was given. It was a point of covenant between uh, the people of Israel and God. When God took the people of Israel to be his special possession, and it started with Abraham, where he said, Abraham, from you is going to develop or grow a nation that will be a blessing to the whole earth. But he entered into a special uh, agreement, if you will, a covenant. And through that covenant, he said, if you will fulfill the, the, the agreement, if you will live up to the law, the terms of this covenant, then I will bring great blessings to your lives. And the covenant blessing included they would get a land that would be all their own because they'd never had a land before. And it was called the promised land, the land of promise. But it was more than land. God promised not only to give them the land, but he promised that he would protect them. He would watch over them. He would keep them from foreign invaders coming in and conquering them. He would keep them from disease. He would keep the, them from insects destroying their crops. They would prosper and be blessed in everywhere and every way if they would follow the terms of the covenant. And most of all, they would grow to become a strong nation with a strong testimony of the true God, the one true God, because back in that day, every nation had their own God. But they would be a witness and testimony to the one true God, Jehovah himself. But the Jews, but the law, rather, to the Jews and to us today, it was never given as a way of salvation. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16 makes that very clear. It says, yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. 
The law was never given as a point whereby they would be saved. All the law did for the Jews, all it does for us today, is reveal our inability to keep it. It's to reveal uh, our inability to save ourselves because none of us can keep the law in perfection. We have all sinned, and the Old Testament law reveals our sin to us. So salvation, then, is not some kind of reward that I have kept all of the law perfectly all of my life. Salvation is a gift from God through faith in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. So what was the purpose of the law? The law was given to reveal how righteous God is. It was given to reveal His righteous requirements of us, His creation. But the law could never make us righteous. It couldn't change us. It couldn't change our heart. Only Jesus can do that. So think of the Ten Commandments as, as a mirror. A mirror reflects your image back to you so you can see what needs attention. Maybe you have some dirt on your face or something. And, and when you see that in the mirror, you say, oh my goodness. And you clean, not the mirror, you clean your face. And the Ten Commandments are like a mirror that reveal where we're dirty, where we've sinned, where we've missed the mark. God's point in giving us the, the commandments is not to make us clean through them because they can't make us clean. They do two things. Number one, they show us where we're dirty. They show us where we've missed the mark. They've showed, they show us our sin. But secondly, the commandments hopefully create within your heart a desire to be clean. Because now that you see you're dirty, I want to be clean. Now that you see you're sinful, I want to be set free from that sin. Hopefully the Ten Commandments drive you to get clean. And that means it drives you to Jesus because only He can make you clean. And then, once we are changed on the inside, we are cleaned, we are forgiven of our sin, we follow what the New Testament calls a new law. It's not the Old Testament law, it's the New Testament law of the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit has been given to each of us when we accept Christ, now the, His Spirit gives us the ability to overcome the way we used to live and to fulfill all of God's righteous requirements so that the favor of God can rest upon us. So think of it as a twofold thing. You want to be saved from your sin, which gives you eternity with God, but you want to live secondly by, right, by the righteous requirements of God, that is, by the principles of God that will place upon you the favor of God. So God gives the commandments as guidelines to show us that we need Him and to guide us to His blessings and to His favor. And that brings us to commandment number five, which says, as we've already read, honor your father and mother, and then you will live a long life, a full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So I want to share a few thoughts with you today about what I think God is trying to say to us, not trying, but what God is saying to us through this commandment. The first thing I think he's teaching us is this, the value of respect for authority. 
The value of respect for authority. One of the values that God gave to the Jewish culture was respect within the community, among them as his chosen people, especially a respect for past generations. God's intention was to make sure that the sacrifices of each of the generations were not forgotten and were not diminished, starting with, of course, the sacrifice of your parents, the sacrifice of parents for their children, which happens in every generation, parents sacrifice for their kids. That needs to be appreciated on the part of children. In fact, God was so strong about this that he gave these warnings. Now, I, don't kill the messenger for the message. This, this is what God says. In the, in, in the next chapter of the book of Exodus, Exodus 21, this is what he says, verse 15, anyone who strikes father or mother must be put to death. And then look at verse 17, anyone who dishonors father or mother must be put to death. So what God is saying in these two verses is that proper respect must be given to our parents. And this is for you parents. You must never allow yourself to be abused verbally or physically by your children. In other words, you need to raise your children with respect towards you as their parents in such a way that even if they physically are stronger than you someday, they never would think of abusing you in any way. The word dishonor that's given here in verse number 17 literally means to speak disrespectfully of or to curse. In fact, the New King James Version of the Bible uses the word curse instead of dishonor. It says, he who curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. Okay, now I will acknowledge that to 21st century ears, those two verses are pretty tough to understand. They certainly seem extreme. The punishment seems way over the top by our way of thinking. But keep in mind that God was helping the Jews establish a nation and a culture. They had been slaves for over 400 years in Egypt. They had no national culture. So God was trying to help them establish proper relationships within that community as his covenant people so they could be a witness for the one true God in all of the earth. And this covenant had to be strict because the truth is, and this applies to us today, children who are not trained to honor their parents will not honor any other form of authority either. If a child doesn't honor his teacher at school, if a child doesn't honor a police officer and respect, if a child doesn't offer other forms of authority, he probably doesn't honor his parents either. It's interesting to me that this commandment is written to children. It's telling children to honor the parents. It's not saying, parents, honor yourself. It says, honor your parents. Show honor towards your parents. He's talking to the children there. But children who honor their parents are trained to do that. It doesn't just happen. This commandment may have been written to children, but it's really talking to parents about raising their children 
to respect and honor those in authority. We respect those in positions of authority. Why? Because God has placed them in those positions of authority. And kids have to be trained to do that. It doesn't just happen. I've told you before, in fact, I think I even mentioned it last week, that I got it into my head as a young teen that I was going to call my mom woman. And, and so I remember the one time I called her woman. And, and my dad heard that. And just suffice it to say, I never called her woman again after that. Dads, don't let your kids treat their mother disrespectfully. Don't allow it. If my kids wanted to feel my wrath, all they had to do was show disrespect towards Carrie, my wife, their mother. Through word or through deed or through attitude, they would face me if they did that, and they did it only once. Now, the truth is, men, you can't discipline your kids for dishonoring their mother if you don't honor her as well, because that's called hypocrisy. And if your kids see their parents disrespecting each other, they'll act the same way. They'll, they'll act with the same disrespect as well. But where there is honor between mom and dad, and where it is taught to the children at a young age, it impacts more than just the home. It affects their attitudes towards all authority, both natural, earth authority, and supernatural, God's authority. But more importantly, it sets them up for blessing. So God says, parents, set your children up for blessing by teaching them to honor you and those in authority over them. Amen. Number two, I think God is saying through this commandment, the value of history. He's teaching us the value of history. God says honor father and mother. Father and mother represent the history of the family. And when children honor their parents, they're honoring their full history. Now, for Jewish children, they needed to honor the sacrifice of the generations who preceded them as slaves in Egypt. That's where they were for those 400, over 400 years. They were slaves in Egypt. And these kids needed to know about the suffering. They needed to know about the sacrifices that led eventually to their freedom. They needed to know about that. They needed to know it, and they needed to honor it. Because nobody succeeds on their own. We can't look and say, wow, just look how talented I am. All the, all, you know, the great stuff I've been able to buy or achieve in my life or whatever. As if we did that on our own. Every single one of us are debtors to other people. Somebody invested in you. That's the only reason you have what you have. That why you are where you're at. It's because others have invested in you, including God including Jesus. He's invested himself in you. And when we honor what others have done, when we honor what God has done, whether it's teachers or law enforcement or government officials or 
or the church or, or, or who, whatever else. When we do that, we live with a sense of gratitude instead of entitlement. We have this vast entitlement culture that has invaded America today. You know that. And really, it's just a selfish, ungrateful way to live. It doesn't honor, it doesn't acknowledge the sacrifices of anyone else. It only demands. It only demands its gratification. Immediately, give me what I want. But entitlement only works as long or until the well runs dry. And if children have been raised to believe that they are entitled to things that no longer are available, watch out. And all you have to, we have a living example of this very thing happening in the world today. It's called the country of Greece. And a whole culture has been, has, if you don't pay attention to the news, a whole culture has arisen in Greece that is dependent totally upon the government and they feel like they are totally entitled to everything the government can give them. And now that the government's broke and it's on the verge of bankruptcy and they're trying to introduce austerity measures, the, the people are, are, are marching in the streets. We want our stuff. You promised our stuff. Well, see, that only works as long as there's stuff to give. But when the stuff is gone, where are you then? Entitlement only works until the well runs dry. So we have this obligation to teach our children to honor the history and the sacrifices of those who have gone before us and the sacrifices that have brought to them blessings in their own life. So the generations before them must be honored. And mom and dad, you are responsible to train them in this way. It doesn't just come naturally. Number three, the value of atmosphere. God said, let honor prevail in your home. Honor your father and your mother. Let's build an atmosphere of honor in our homes. When children honor their parents and others in authority, it creates an atmosphere of blessing and favor that comes from God. The Spirit of the Lord settles down upon that family. But if we allow our kids to get bad attitudes, and everybody gets bad attitudes. Everybody gets bad attitudes. So it's not the getting of the bad attitude, it's the keeping of the bad attitude that's the problem. If we allow that to continue, they end up losing in the long run. Those attitudes those attitude problems, they don't go away just because the issue goes away. Those attitude problems stay with them. Have you ever been around adults that have a lousy, rotten attitude? Sure you have. They're all over America today, you know? And, and it's because when they were children, they were allowed to do that. And they were never taught respect. You as a mother and father, as a grandmother or grandfather, have, an, have a, an obligation to help your children grow past their attitude problems because it sets their future up for blessings instead of, instead of the opposite, cursings. So you've got to start early in their lives and help them move past these negative attitudes. You do that by showing them how to bring their issues to Jesus. Jesus. 
You show them how to trust God. You pray with them and show them how God will bring them through that situation. They can trust him with it and get the attitude of the spirit within their lives. The apostle Paul said in Ephesians 4.23, let the spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Let the spirit, the spirit can do that in you as mom and daddy can do that in your children as well. And think about what happens in your home when you honor one another or in a church when it honors one another. Just an atmosphere of peace and support fills that home, fills that church. And in that atmosphere, everyone grows to their fullest potential. Now, I'm not talking about perfection here because there are no perfect homes. Ours is not perfect. But, you know, we're quick to forgive and to seek forgiveness and, and bring the honor back into the home. Number four, the value of reward. It's interesting that this is the only one of the commandments with a promise of blessing if you follow it. Do you know that? God says, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother, then this will happen for you. And this applies even to us today. Some people say, well, that's just Old Testament. No. Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul writes, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. Now he's quoting, This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. All of the Word of God is equally important, but there's, I suppose in the natural if I was to focus on one part of those three verses, it would be verse three, the long life on the earth part. But, you know, really, the most important part, I think, is verse one. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Mom and dad, your children have got to be taught that there are some right things that they do simply because they belong to Jesus and simply because it's the right thing to do. You've got to train your kids to do that. You've got to train them that just because in our culture today certain things are acceptable or maybe even legal does not mean that they're right before God. It doesn't mean that God accepts that. They need to be taught that there is blessing that comes from doing what's right rather than doing what's culturally acceptable or what pop culture embraces. I can definitely remember as a teenager thinking to myself, if I am going to be successful in life, if I'm going to have a good life, I have got to learn to live my life God's way. I can actually remember thinking those thoughts. Now, I wasn't just incredibly wise, and that came to me one day. That had been taught to me by a mother and a father who loved God. And they taught me that principle. And also by a wonderful home church that I grew up in, where Sunday school teachers and, and kids, workers, and so forth invested in me. And they lived the life. And then when I became old enough to make my own decision, instead of following the Woodstock generation crowd, instead of, because that, that's what was going on when I was a teenager, 
instead of following everything that was happening, all the cultural upheaval in American culture at that, in, back in the 1960s, I said, I'm going to live my life for Jesus. I'm going to give my life fully to Jesus. And it was within the context of that that God spoke to my heart and said, I want you to go into ministry. I want you to become a pastor. And I want you to serve me in that capacity. I think that's what this commandment is saying to us. It's saying, honor the people that God has placed in your life, your mom and your dad, your grandparents, the past generations. Honor them. And if you do that, verse 3 says, you will have a, a long life. Things will go well for you. So I believe God's telling us when we honor those in authority, when we honor our history, when we appreciate the sacrifices that others have, have given for our behalf, then God will send an atmosphere of blessing and favor and will surround our lives and will surround our homes with his favor. And he'll place upon us the ability to achieve far more than we thought we ever would. He'll begin to flow into our children's lives and give, you know, we live in a very difficult time right now in terms of the future. I'm going to tell you, when I graduated from high school, the sky was the future. You know what I mean? Man, we had great aspirations. I fear for my grandchildren I fear for what's happening in America today. There's only going to be one thing that makes a difference in their lives, and that's Jesus. If Jesus is the center of your family and the center of your life and the center of your kid's future, then he will work out everything. But if there's compromises, you're on your own. Mom and Dad, you've got to teach your kids these principles. The commandment may be written to the kids, but really it's written to us adults. And it's saying, you be the one who teaches the child the honor and respect that will set them apart, that God will then bring great blessing to you and your family and to them for their future. Amen? Amen. You say, well, Pastor, if you only knew what my parents did to me, you wouldn't be asking me to honor them. And I acknowledge that, and I'm sorry I didn't have time to talk about that today. Some of you have been through very difficult circumstances in your life with your families. You've been abused, been neglected. If you hold on to bitterness against your parents, your father, an uncle, a brother, a sister, if you hold on to that, it's going to destroy you. And I know how, how we think. We think, well, if I forgive them, then get, they get away with it. No, they don't. The God of heaven is put in charge. When you release it and forgive, the God of heaven is put in charge of that situation. And he will work it all out. Hopefully, they'll surrender their lives to Christ and be forgiven. But if not, they, God's judgment's far more than what you can give. And God will deal with them. Nobody gets away with anything. But when we forgive, we bring the blessings and the favor of heaven upon our homes and our lives and our futures, our kids. So would you bow your head, Father?
Here at Live Church, we pray that you have a blessed week. Please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can always go to lifechurchutah.com.